Welcome to the Demand Gen Club podcast, the first podcast exclusively dedicated to B2B demand generation secrets and best practices as shared by some of the top leaders in the industry. This podcast is brought to you by SASMQL, the account-based marketing agency based in Redwood City, California. They help venture-funded SaaS companies scale demand generation from target accounts. By combining intent data, automation, and a proven methodology, SASMQL can help your startup generate millions of dollars in sales opportunities within a few months. To learn more, go to sasmql.com. Welcome to a new episode of the Demand Gen Club podcast. I'm your host, Franco Caporale. Our guest today is Chad Egelhoff, Director of Demand Generation at OneNeck IT Solutions. OneNeck is an expert provider of hybrid IT solutions tailored for mid-market and enterprise companies. Chad is responsible for the demand generation activities at the company, while also leading the transition from traditional lead-centric marketing to an account-based approach. He is an accomplished B2B revenue growth expert, husband, new father, and also curator of Epic Playlists. Before OneNeck, Chad was Senior Demand Generation Manager at CenturyLink. So with that, I'm really happy to welcome today Chad Hegelhoff, Director of Demand Generation at OneNeck. Chad, it's absolutely fantastic to have you on the Demand Gen Club podcast today. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, happy to be here. So I would love to begin with a little bit about your, uh, your background, how you got started with uh, B2B demand generation to then end up in your current role at OneNeck. Yeah, so, you know, I first started uh, doing marketing right out of college at a B2C education management firm. As I grew in that role, I ended up kind of running the, I was the sole marketer at a, at a company of about 500 or so people and was in, again, the edu- education industry and just really, uh, you know, didn't feel like a fit for me at that time. And I jumped to working in B2B. My first experience working in B2B was at a company called Level 3 Communications, it's headquartered out here in Broomfield, Colorado. That was in like 2013. Uh, they have since been acquired by CenturyLink, but I kind of went from this, you know, jack of all trades doing uh, marketing in a B2C organization to all of a sudden, a sudden being a small cog in a really big wheel at, you know, an enterprise technology company. And so really big transition, but it really, that was kind of the, you know, the jumpstart to where I am now. My role kind of evolved there while I was at level three, we got acquired by CenturyLink. My last kind of role there was doing verticalized, uh, mostly focused on the healthcare vertical demand generation. And when I got the opportunity to join one of my um, my former bosses and mentors from level three at uh, One Neck, which is where I'm at right now, I kind of jumped at the opportunity, really liked the role. And that's where I'm at today as the director of demand generation at, at One Neck. And so as the director of demand generation there, what, what are your current responsibilities? What is your team like? Tell us a little more. Yeah. So obviously, you know, demand generation, right, is, uh, is the big one. But you know, my, my role and my team, uh, we're in charge of everything from field marketing and up to our digital strategy and our website, a little bit of a sliver of sales enablement as well. And who is in your team today in terms of like the roles? Yeah, so it's, it's relatively small. We are, um, I'll start with just our marketing team in general. I have a peer that, that does our marketing operations, director of marketing operations. Um, uh, we have a director of product marketing and partner marketing. And then Myself and then on my team, I have someone who uh, is a corporate marketing manager and d- deals mostly with, again, our website and our digital, and then a field marketing manager who deals, again, mostly with our, any kind of sales activation or events and any kind of sales enablement type of activity as well. Awesome. 
And so if you tell us, obviously your responsibility, I assume, are related to generating you know, pipeline and opportunities for the sales team. What kind of um, what kind of tech stack do you have? What do you use in terms of software for marketing automation, CRM, and all of that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like this is a uh, <laughs> this is like a, a long list, right? Because when I think about the tech stack, it is it's um, it's big, and I think it can be a good thing and a challenging thing. But I'll jump right into it, right? So our CRM is uh, Microsoft Dynamics. Some challenges there just because of the uh, that's not the first platform that every that every other marketing tool integrates with, right? You think of Salesforce first there, so. Um, but it's something that we inherited and we're trying to make the best out of HubSpot's our, our map um, and our CMS. So it runs our website and all of our marketing automation. Terminus uh, is our kind of ABM platform that really does targeted display and we use it also for website de-anonymization. Uberflip for content engagement uh, on the website and, and, and through our uh, paid strategies as well. We use Outreach for as a sales engagement platform, really like Outreach. We'll talk about that a little bit more uh, probably later. Lattice is our predictive analytics. We use Alice for personalized gifting and, and opening doors. Drift is our chat client. We also use Tech Target Priority Engine uh, for lead gen and account prioritization. And then for contacts discovery, uh, we use Discover.org slash ZoomInfo and then uh, Bright Edge for SEO. So I think I nailed all of them there, but um, I, it's very possible that I forgot one. And if uh, one of my partners hears this and feels left out, I apologize. This is awesome because there is so much for me to unpack here. I, I definitely, you know, besides the the standard CRM and HubSpot, I want to ask you a couple of uh, the tools that you mentioned. And also because of the fact they use Dynamics, how the integration works. So when you mentioned like Terminus, you know, I know Terminus integrates really well with Salesforce. How is your experience with Dynamics? And how do you make all this system work together? Because some of them that you mentioned are very ABM focused. So I assume they need everything needs to flow in a very streamlined way, also back to sales. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's a that's a really that's a really good question because it's something that we talk about challenges that we're facing. Right? Is we built a lot of our technology stack right, kind of kind of piece by piece with the idea of we're finding something that we felt like was you know really suited to solve a particular challenge. Right? And so when you start to add tools together, right, you know, the long view is for them to all speak together. But but uh, when you when you get into it, right, it becomes a lot more difficult. So I'm lucky to have, you know, a peer of mine, our director of marketing operations, who is not just a, you know, a marketer, but also, you know, a, a, in some ways, a data scientist. And so he, you know, uses some programming skills to kind of bring a lot of different data together. But, you know, while we do have integrations with a lot of our tools, our CRM has, in many ways, because we're a subsidiary of a smaller co- company, it's a, or a, a larger company called TDS Holdings. They manage, in a lot of ways, the CRM. And so our CRM ends up not being our, our hub, if you will. And so that's part of one of the challenges that we're... Oh, I've been there at One Neck now for two years. And so building this tech stack, right, has it, been one of the things that we've been doing over the past 10 year, two years. And now that we feel like we've got this great foundation, we're in, we're you know currently investigating how do we bring all this data together? And we, we've got the ability to do that. It's just a very manual process right now. So getting to one account of record or customer of record, right, is uh, that's challenging because Terminus calls something one thing, you know, our, our CRM calls something a different name, right? And all these different tools, uh, you know, you can identify based on a, an email address, right, as an example for contacts, but it accounts you know, you're probably keying off of the URL, right? That's just not, it's just not available in any, in every case when you've got, say, a salesperson uploading an account in Microsoft Dynamics, right? Historically, anyhow, it's a, it's a very tricky subject or topic to get into, 
but it's something that's been a huge challenge for us. And a lot of it has been kind of elbow grease and some, some SQL programming on the back end. But we do have, we've gotten to a place where we can see what's happening at, at an account. Right now, it's just trying to scale that and make it easier for us to see all that data without so much work. Yeah, I mean, some of the challenges I can envision right away with all these different platforms and data in different format is obviously number one, tracking attribution, which I'm going to ask you in a second how you guys do that. Uh, but number two is also from, from a sales alignment perspective, how you guys make sure that you're not stepping on each other's toes or like, you know, certain accounts are being contacted right. by multiple parties at the same time. Is there, totally. is there, a, is there a process for that? Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we use, we use CRM as, as kind of our, our account master from that standpoint, but we do, um, you know, outreach is where we are doing a lot of our sales engagement. So any of our outbound sales activity, right, is happening um, through outreach now. And so that uh, we do have the ability to make sure that, uh, you know, there's no, there's not any account conflict there because they have the ability to basically have an owner, right? And so we're working right now, again, because outreach is still relatively new for us in the grand scheme of things. And so we're working to integrate integrate that right now into CRM. But the, all those integrations, um, things that you would like to have and, and, and easily turn on, haven't been as available for us because of some of the challenges that we face with our corporate structure. But yeah, that is a, it's a challenge, right? And, and how do you get all that data back to the sales team, right? And so that's something that we're, we're currently in the, in the midst of still solving. We do it, but again, not, not really well at scale yet, but with something we're working on. From your point of view, how do you, what kind of metrics do you, do you monitor knowing all, all of this kind of workflows that you have in place and knowing the use dynamics as a central focus point of all the data? What are the metrics that you and your team monitor very closely? You know, so there's obviously quite a few, right? I mean, to me, the end all be all of, of and the reason that, that, that I'm employed is, is opportunities and, and pipeline, right? So that's the thing that uh, there's a lot of different metrics for different channels, right, that we're monitoring. But the main one really is uh, our pipeline and, and really our percentage of the pipeline. How many opportunities are we driving? How many new logos are we are we able to penetrate and get appointments for for our sales team? A common, you know, not misconception, but a common issue is, uh, especially with enterprise demand generation and sales, you mentioned how many opportunities do we drive for the sales team? What is your definition of an opportunity that is, quote unquote, sourced by marketing or influenced by marketing? What are you guys tracking? Is the one marketing touch enough to count that? opportunities or you need to have the last touch like how you guys identify that yeah so you know getting into uh yeah attribution is another thing that's a, a tribute tri- topic right now we're doing uh, mostly just last touch attribution i'd say our, our attribution is relatively unsophisticated at the moment but that said we're looking at trying to find that we had that touch that we are kind of a pre-opportunity there right for the most part it happens through leads through our crm system right a lead comes in, whether it's from an event or from direct mail, or it's you know inbound off our website, right? All the different sources and channels that you have. Um, and then we generally use that kind of last touch, turn that into a lead in CRM, and that works as a pre-opportunity for us. So when that lead is converted into an opportunity, we're then measuring attribution that way. You know, we'll also go in the back end and, and try and comb for things where we we know that maybe that linkage didn't happen. And so it can get a little messy. But as far as an attribution model, you know, right now we're just mostly focused on last touch. But it's really, when I think about attribution, 
it is important from a standpoint of trying to, you know, really figure out that ROI. And if I'm having a conversation with my CFO around the particular value of a specific platform or a specific channel and, and really also trying to kind of measure that, you know, what's really driving uh, uh, our success. Attribution is important from that standpoint. But one of the things that, that we're really trying to build more into is an understanding of, you know, we've got multiple channels going out to the same accounts and there, there's going to be a lot of different touches. For us to be able to see that entire journey at the account level and be able to see all the different touches that hit that, hit that account and, and generated that kind of lift for those accounts where we're focused versus where we're not. And to see those opportunities come into those accounts where we're focused. I am not so concerned as to which platform gets credit per se. I more want to build an engine that works overall, that's driving those opportunities and driving that pipeline by that kind of omni-channel kind of combined approach to the accounts that are good fits and that we really care about. Yeah, I think of an issue with this is uh, a lot of time, and I, I see it in a lot of companies having this marketing versus sales mentality of saying, is that credit to marketing or sales? And that doesn't work really well when you're trying right. to do ABM, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say our alignment with the sales team has really grown. Through that alignment, you know, I think we, we really have been able to build this kind of a relationship where there's not an either or, right? They don't, we don't ever look at marketing source that, you know, opportunities is, we'll call them marketing sourced, right? That said, nobody gets through the door and becomes an opportunity without having some kind of a qualifying conversation with our sales team. And it doesn't make it to the next stage, right? It doesn't actually turn into, you know, any source of revenue, certainly without our sales team. And so we don't play really strict on the, the territory around what's, sales source versus what's marketing sourced. It's more so we're, we're aligned and we're swimming or uh, rowing the boat in the same direction towards the same set of accounts. Yeah, that's extremely important in my, in my view. That needs to be abandoned if you're trying to do ABM. It can work if you sell you know, to small business, high velocity, one-touch sale type of thing, but it definitely doesn't work uh, on ABM. Agreed. So I want to also start talking about campaigns because you mentioned obviously all your ABM efforts as well as uh, you mentioned something about direct mail. So what type of campaigns do you guys run? What is your main lead source today if you have to mention one? And what is one of the cool campaigns that you guys have, have been doing the last you know, couple of years? I would say our, from a standpoint of you know, what's our most effective source, this, this, this one isn't really sexy, right? It's not really exciting. Inbound website leads, you know, generally from organic search traffic, right? It continue to be our best performing source and lead to the most wins for us, right? And that's a big, uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of, you know, getting SEO right and really focusing on your website. I think it's really important. Um, but outside of that, you know, like we're doing a combination of, you know, targeted display and LinkedIn ads, right? With Terminists, driving people to interactive content and Uberflip. And then using a combination of outreach and Alice. So we're able to do this all kind of in the same flow at the same time, right? And our outreach sequences are built with direct mail in mind. Having that, again, that kind of omni-channel using really all the, all the channels that we have available to us and delivering a consistent message and then heavily building that alignment with the sales team. In terms of direct mail, as... People know I'm a big proponent of using direct mail for, for B2B, and I personally had a ton of very good results. Tell us a little more about your experience and why you guys started doing and why it can really work in terms of generating engagement and opportunities. 
Yeah, that's a really good question. It's one we've been using it now for, I guess, really since I started, they had some form of, of direct of, you know, what you might call like dimensional mailers going on. We kind of transi- transitioned to more of a direct mail platform soon after I started. Email, we know it's a workhorse, right? It's super scalable. It's cheap, but it's saturated, right? Calling or warm calling or whatever it is, is also um, a great channel, right? But it's hard to get people on the phone, right? People don't really like to talk on the phone. So you look at what other channels do we have, right? And in direct mail, postcards, right? Mailers, right? They've been around forever and they're still really big in, in B2C. It seemed like it has started to make kind of, make kind of a resurgence in, in B2B. What I like is that it's able to, in some ways, cut through the clutter. If you're able to send something that feels really relevant to someone, that aligns with your brand. And that's kind of what we're doing you know, with, our, with our direct mail. You kind of bring the the online and the offline together, right? You marry those. And, uh, and, and again, I just really feel like it gives you an opportunity to have an engagement that's different than what maybe some of your competitors are doing. Tell me, since you mentioned you have Uber Flip, I also want to know a little bit more about that. How are you guys using it? And you know, what kind of results are you having by implementing that technology? Yeah, so um, you know, Uber Flip is something that we really look at as kind of an extension of our website. Most of our paid campaigns, we're driving people to uh, what we call content streams instead of in the past, it'd be like, hey, you download this, this, this white paper, right? Which got, you know, I mean, white paper is, is there, is there not a more boring thing in marketing than like a, than like an eight page PDF white paper, right? But, you know, so the, the whole idea is, is to try and, and, you know, have content that's, that's more engaging. It's a more engaging experience. I think we as marketers have a lot to B2B marketers, I should say have a lot to learn, learn from, excuse me, B2C marketers. And this kind of customer experience, this user experience, right? When, when someone's coming to engage with content on my website, I've gotten their attention via an ad or through an email, right? I want to make sure when they go there, it's an experience that's enjoyable. So now not only are they consuming really good, high quality content that's relative to their objectives they're trying to solve as a, as a business professional, but also it's a, it's a, it's a good experience. So with flip, right. You have the ability to binge on content, if you will, right. You can go from, you know, this ebook to this webinar, to this checklist, this infographic, all in one, what we call a content stream, right? So you can walk someone right down the journey, down the buyer's journey around a a specific solution or a specific uh, challenge that they're trying to solve. For instance, and so what we've seen is, uh, you know, higher time on site, uh, more just more content viewed uh, per visit. Our pieces of, of content that people are consuming per unique website visitor, uh, you know, tripled when we started using Uberflip for you know those contacts that were actually driving to our content streams. My philosophy is that if we can do a really good job of creating uh, really solid content again that speaks to the objectives and get it in front of the right people. Uh, establish that credibility and that authority that way. And it's a good experience working with us that eventually when one of those other tactics, again, whether it's direct mail, whether it's email from one of our salespeople, whether we see them in in an event, right? They're going to have a opinion that one neck is somebody who knows what they're talking about and might be able to help them solve uh, this particular uh, problem that they're trying to solve. That's awesome. So you mentioned a few channels here, like, you know, direct mail, organic is your top one. LinkedIn ads, display ads. Is there a channel that you tried maybe in your current role or even in the past and it didn't work well 
for a B2B demand generation, didn't generate the leads that you expected and you kind of shut it down. It's interesting. I don't know if I found like a particular channel that I say doesn't work. We go back and forth with, uh, actually with, you know, it's, it's really relevant right now, right? With events, actually. Events are huge in B2B, but we've seen an instance where we had to really kind of dial back our event budget because we were spending a whole lot of money and a whole lot of effort at these events and we just weren't seeing results from them, right? And, 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 we, and hard to figure out, right? Is it, is it just a, you know, an inability to, to measure it prop, properly to do attribution? But we had to really dial back our, our event budget because we were just not seeing success there. And it's, it's interesting, right? Our, our current environment where we have a picnic and all events have been shut down. You look and you say, how much is this affecting our overall pipeline? Is it affecting it as much, right? Do you see that kind of the, the lift, like the rising tide that you would expect drop, right? That now that we're not doing events. And, and it's really hard because, because there's so much change that's going on right now. Like it's hard to know what exactly is driving it, but we haven't seen, you know, this huge drop off in opportunities and, and revenue with the drop from events as a source, completely taking that channel out. So I don't know if I completely answered your question there, uh, but, but events has been one of the things that I'm recently considering, not that we wouldn't do them because our sales team likes them, but, it, but again, evaluating you know, how big of a piece of, of our budget is that, right? Versus maybe some of the things that we're doing right now, right? With webinars, virtual events, podcasts like you're setting up here. Yeah, that's interesting because maybe like, obviously you don't know if that's going to be a repercussion in the long term. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see down the road. I have a couple of more questions about, you know, the sales alignment in particular, so first, the question I like to ask to every guest is, from your perspective, do you think the STR team should report to sales, to, to marketing, or some sort of hybrid structure? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. So um, we right now only have one SDR, and then we also have an outsourced version, and they are uh, all reporting to the marketing team. In my last question, in 60 seconds, is there any hack or trick that you want to share with us that really worked for you that, you know, we could try this week and potentially get some good results. Yeah. You know, um, the only thing that I can think of, and I, I would assume that other, a lot of other people are doing this, but you know, one thing that I started that we started doing is just using our, our de-anonymized website engagements to identify those, those accounts that are, that are kind of spiking in engagement and go directly out with that direct mail piece to them. So we'll take, try and take the, the, the demand unit or the buying unit at that, that account, source their contact information. And when we start to see um, a little bit of peaking engagement on the website, we go, right, we go directly outbound to them right away to try and start that appointment and that conversation. That's, that's my one thing. I think it'll probably actually change a little bit when we, you know, trying to get more of the conversational marketing thing going and really incorporating chat more and being more proactive with those website engagers. So maybe it's, you know, again, in six months, it's not something that I'm relying on as much, but it has been, um, it's been a nice tactic for us. That's been relatively easy to, uh, to put into place and been quite successful. Yeah. I love this, this suggestion is something that has worked out really well for us as well. You can imagine someone who comes to the website or someone from their team comes to the website and within you know a few days they receive a box. There is nothing more powerful than that. Yeah, I really, I mean, I think it's, it makes a lot of sense, right? And so it does take a little bit of, it takes a little bit of tech to be able to do that. But um, 
you know, I think it's a, I, I think it's a, a good, a good little play that, that a lot of companies can run. Chad, it was absolutely great having you as a guest on the episode today. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Franco.